I'm here tonight with Will and Charlie Graham. Hello. Hello. Hi. Fantastic. Some of you who've watched these videos before will uh, recognise Will, although he's, he's, he's gone in disguise a little bit tonight. Done in a bad hair day. Yeah, I was just going to say it must be a bad hair day. You, you normally have, have great hair and it's always, always perfect and always the same. <laughs> but uh, hiding it from us. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good look. Um, no, great to have you guys with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we're going to be talking about church leadership. And particularly, we're going to be reflecting on the model that we're, we're running in our local church, TCC, which is this model of like ordained oversight with lay leadership. And uh, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that uh, shortly. I want to start, though, with just thinking about just the, the wonder of church and really the privilege of church leadership. I think that's just a, a good place to, to begin. Um, and I will, I'll share a, a quote uh, or a couple of quotes, uh, one of which I came across today, just about the church. Because one of the things that we want to do with these record videos is just enlarge our vision for Jesus and enlarge our vision for his church so that we might be faithful leaders who, who, lo who love the church as he loves the church. And so here's one quote. The church has more beauty and more value than we can see with physical eyes. Though our congregations are made up of ordinary people engaged in predictable practices, we are an outpost of heaven itself. The church is the people of God, the dwelling place of the spirit and the fullness of Christ. Learning to love the local church can become one of our greatest privileges and our highest joys. The church is where we belong. I love that quote. That's from a book by Megan Hill. Um, and uh, I've forgotten the title just now, but uh, I'll, I'll post it. The Praying Together book. It, she may well have done, but I think this is um, A Place We Belong or something like that. But I love that, and I love that vision for church, particularly the, the, that we're this outpost of heaven itself. And just one other thing, just before I get Will and Charlie just to, to chip in on this. Um, I got ordained into the Church of England several years ago, and there's this, there's this big old service um, where, where a bishop comes and, and says a load of words over us. Um, and, but one of the things that the bishop says uh, to us is this. I think it's, again... When we're thinking about church leadership, just great to, to remember. It, sa it says this, in the name of our Lord, we bid you remember the greatness of the trust that is now to be committed to your charge. Remember always with thanksgiving that the treasure now to be entrusted to you is Christ's own flock, bought by the shedding of his blood on the cross. It is to him that you will render account for the stewardship of his people. You cannot bear the weight of this calling in your own strength, but only by the grace and power of God. Pray, therefore, that your heart may be daily enlarged and your understanding of the scriptures enlightened. Pray earnestly for the gift of the Holy Spirit. The reason I start with those two quotes is, is one, well, I think they're, they're both brilliant. But I think it's just that, that really just a reminder of the privilege of belonging to a church, of being part of a church, and the privilege of, of leading a church, you know, that people, leading people have been bought with the precious blood of Christ. So I want to uh, ask you, Will and Charlie, just to, to share with us a little bit about what the, the church has meant to you over the past few years, and particularly 
in it, being in leadership what what how's the lord used his church the local church that's tcc to really form and shape you as disciples of christ okay Shall I go first? Yeah, I'll go first. all right um i suppose i just wanted to start um with a little reading from 1 peter 2 um i remember preaching on this a few uh a few a couple of years ago now actually yeah, that's one of our first sermons i started uh, the sermon by asking uh, people to draw different things and there's quite a lot of amusement and a few wry smiles going on and i said you know first of all i wanted to draw a house and um you know we talked about how different members of the congregation come from different places and kind of what a, what a house most commonly looks like where you're from will kind of depend on whether you draw you know something with four walls three windows a door and a chimney or uh, you know something with a flat roof or a, a, a block of flats or anything like that and uh, then we did the same with the car and uh, so on and so on and then um, I asked people to draw a temple um, you know and then I, I showed a few pictures on the screen I said you know maybe you drew this maybe you drew that maybe it looked like this or maybe it looked like this um, and showed a picture of the church um, which was a nice little segue into reading um, one the Peter people. the people yeah yeah sorry the people of the church it shows how much you've you've kind of helped that become such a part of our psyche that I assumed that everyone would know that. Yeah. Um, so this is the this is the words in one one Peter two, uh, chapter uh, sorry verse four, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Um, it's clear at points in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, sorry, I'm thinking particularly um, 1 Corinthians uh, 6, 19 and so on, um, that Paul talks about individuals being the temple of the Holy Spirit, um, but far, far more um, the church as people being built together yeah. um, is described as uh, being a temple of the Holy Spirit and I think um, the last few years really have been in TCC and um, funnily enough for both of us it's, it's been by far the smallest church in number um, that we've ever been to uh, you know we both grew up in churches of kind of you know 100 200 plus um, and so TCC was very different from that but I think the uh, our vision of what the church is and, and who God is calling the church to be and that the local church is, is um, the local expression of that universal body of the church mm -hmm. um, has, has been huge for us and a key part of our discipleship. And I think actually, um, I think the way that you phrased it, um, Charlie, was um, to say, it feels really weird calling you Charlie and not babe, but I thought it was more appropriate because <laughs> you, um, you kind of talked about how, how we, we work out our or we obey God in the direction of one another yeah, I think yeah. you said didn't you oh. um, and um, you got the first old man of the night as well <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, you know it's good when I bring that <laughs> up <laughs> yeah. the audience participation I feel like we both were in there as well because I said the quote but it was your quote so. <laughs> yes and, um, can you say it again for us yeah, because I'm writing it down. <laughs> our obedience to well, you say it. You well, I just talked about like the relationships of the church. The, the church is kind of where we we obey God, 
mm-hmm. in the direction of one another does that mm-hmm. make sense so like that our obedience to god comes in the form of the way that we love one another and the way that we build relationships together if that makes sense how the church is being built is like our obedience of, of God towards mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a key part of our sanctification that is and our growth um, and our Christian maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on a personal note for me, um, I really have have um, been ever aware of my need for the church to, to help uh, me and my faith there's that uh, very famous analogy isn't there of the the coal that's in the coal fire burns bright and hot and long uh, and the coal that's removed from the coal fire will, will burn out quickly um, mm. and the church has been so important for, for me for us um, in our walk with Jesus to just keep keep burning keep finding out more about him um, and and to grow to love him more mm. anything you want to add to yeah just to think and I think this is something that's unique to TCC. You know, Will and I were talking about this the other day and about how TCC is so different, you know, or how TCC has been so kind of formative to us. And I think something that underpins TCC, both because it's TCC, but also I think perhaps because of the people that are drawn to the model of church that it is, is there's just such this kind of, this really like deep theology and quite a maturity to it and this kind of like a theology of of sacrifice and of suffering do you know what I mean like um yeah and Will and I were just sort of sort of talking about the the people in TCC and and how it it has how being part of TCC has helped our theology of those things grow in Mm. a way that i think is very unique to that church Mm. um and and again i think that's it's it's partly that specific church but i do think it's partly because the church is built on that that model you know like people are often drawn to service do you know what i mean like or like like lay service lay, lay leadership that sort of thing in a church like that um so yeah i think that that's that's probably where the church has helped strengthen me the most as I've been part of it in the, how long have we been here? Eight, eight years. Eight years. Eight years. Yeah, I'd certainly say like that's the thing. And when I think about the people in it, you know, um, the people that are part of it, that's where I would say it, there's a really kind of unique way that it's it's shaped us and how we think about what our lives should look like before god you know and what the purpose of our lives is and it isn't to escape suffering or to escape Mm -hmm. sacrifice actually like that god calls us to go further into those things and not not actually to kind of to shun them Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah and and that's all done in the context of of relationship and yeah yeah so good Uh, i mean i love this and the the reason i wanted to start here is like you know, when I, when I think about you guys, I think about people who, who love the church and have sacrificed uh, for the for the church. And I think that's so important because there are, unfortunately, loads of those burnout stories of, of leaders and or even even the deconversion stories of, of people, particularly in leadership, who have been kind of flamed by the church or who've been um, attacked or had really difficult times and have basically said, look, 
ah, throwing the towel in, uh, not just quitting ministry, but I'm quitting quitting church. And that, that to me is, is just, it's so sad. Um, you know, I think we're saved for church, whether we're leaders uh, or, 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 or lay members. And I think that just kind of that idea of uh, burnout kind of brings us on to um, our main discussion, really, because I think often one of the reasons for burnout in leadership is the kind of model that's really been running in this country for maybe a hundred years or so. I, I, I can't really put a time on it, but that idea or that model of like one guy at the front doing everything and everyone else basically being spectators. Um, that's a model that kind of some churches still run today. Many churches have run that in this country in, in, this, in the past century. And TCC is, is really wanting to say, reject that model, right? And we're wanting to say, it's not about one person, the ordained person up at the front doing everything. It's about everyone pitching in. And in fact, one of the ways that we, I'm actually not at TCC Rochelle every other week. <laughs> so um, other people do have to do stuff, um, but that's the model. Um, so talk to us a little bit about kind of how you were moved really into this position of, of lay leaders uh, in TCC Rochelle. Tell us a bit of the story. So we we joined uh, TCC when it was so. It's, there's now two TCCs, isn't there? The TCC Fairfield and TCC Rushome. And um, previously, was it about four years ago? They were one five five years ago. Five. They five they were ago. one church that had planted out of Platt. So they planted out of Platt, been one church um, for wait, how long are they been? About three. Years? So the, the church was planted in 2010. And then we joined in 2012. Um, so we were just about to get married. Um, we bought a house in the local area, wanted to find a local church. We went to Platt and we felt like it was a bit big for us. Um, we wanted somewhere we could get involved quite quickly. Um, and so we spoke to Steve James at Platt and he said, go to TCC, go and have a chat with them. Um, and we went, didn't we? And then the Bretts, um, who were the incoming curate, who John was the incoming curate at that time he was just about to join so we had a chat with him didn't we mm -hmm. um and yeah and kind of um like after that after we met them and we've been to TC in fact it was the first Sunday wasn't it we went and we were just like this place is amazing like it's just amazing um it was exactly what we kind of had hoped for in the church um so yeah we joined and then we were we were just part of part of the church for three Years. About three years, yeah. Uh, no, two, two years because we were, um, and then I think at that point, then the the building the, was going to be. We were I should to, I should just re uh, just to skip back a little. The church at that point was uh, one church with one curate um, who was there every Sunday. Um, that was John, um, but the church had what was called two mission teams, yeah. and to most churches that would be a cell group. Um, you know the, that that was like the midweek group, but it was a, a bit um, had a, a kind of a deeper intention than that as well. And there was always um, it was kind of always on the table that um, at some point TCC would probably split into two, and at that, that was, point that was the, goal, wasn't the it? two it was. mission teams yeah. would each become a local congregation. So the mission teams, as kind of cell groups, midweek cell groups, 
uh, even at the point where we started kind of had that aspect to them as well um so it wasn't kind of just split when it came yeah, to it no um there, there had already been communities established yeah um in kind of two separate places yeah uh, two different sets of relationships sorry yeah and then then we got to the so building we, we joined a mission team didn't we and mm -hmm. then uh, after a couple of years um john john asked us to start leading the mission team mm -hmm. didn't he and and we were like at this point we knew that we wanted to uh, we were in the adoption process mm -hmm. so we were like thinking about adopting and we, we knew we wanted to adopt and we knew we wanted to adopt two children at the same time um, so we didn't have any kids at this point and John asked us to lead the mission team and we were like oh you know kind of we know that eventually it's going to become a church mm. like a, a separate congregation and but that's like years, years away, away. We were like, <laughs> and actually probably like we could probably say yes to leading the mission team because by the time it comes to being a church plant they will have found people like or I, either we will have adopted our kids and they will have settled in and, and kind of will be a lot more experienced and whatever or and or they would have found people who are like much better than us and they will come replace us and that'll be like we'll kind of do it in the interim and so we said yes <laughs> and then was it like it was like three months three or four months later yeah. wasn't it like that John was like right so we need to move out of the building and there's nowhere for us all to go so now's the time yeah no time like the present yeah <laughs> so, like, so they're going to become churches and i'm not going to be there every week and you're going to become like congregation leaders um so that was four years ago five mm. five years five ago, ago. Yeah. um yeah so then we led it from then until mm. february of this, of this year. year yeah yeah so about four years in total um, um, yeah. yeah in in which time uh, we welcomed the older two of our now three children um into the family um and, and, yeah. and then uh, and then more recently another one um who was who was born during lockdown um i had something to say and it's, it skipped my mind it, it doesn't matter we'll come back to it i'm sure well no that's that's really helpful and it'd be good if you could talk to us a little bit about what the role looked like and it's probably evolved over those years but if you could give us a little overview of kind of what, what the role looked like at the beginning or perhaps what you thought <laughs> it looked like um and how that kind of changed over mm. the years if it did um, and we'll come back to thinking about your reflections on that but yeah. just give us a sense of what yeah. you did yeah. So the, the first thing to say, kind of the first role we had really was in training because um, John and Janice really for the best part of half a year or longer probably mm. um, kind of sat, sat down with us once a week to, to yeah. really go through um, some, some church leadership training. Mm. Um, yeah. And so, so that was kind of the first part of the role really was preparation um, with, with John and Janice. Um, to, to begin with, um, what, what I'd say we were mainly doing was uh, running Sunday to Sunday. Um, I mean, we, we started as the model is now, um, whereby John, as, as the curate of TCC, would be one week with us, uh, one week with the other TCC, TCC Fallowfield. Um, and really what it, what it felt like for quite a long time. And, and I, I will say that this is probably... Um, more on us and our inexperience at this stage was um, that our role meant making Sundays happen and work. Um, 
there, there were a number of challenges along the way. We, we had a, a very interesting building. <laughs> you could never quite guarantee what you'd find when you went in, um, whether you'd be able to get in, that sort of thing. That, um, but, but yeah, I'd say for the most part, that, that's what the early months were consumed with. Within time, we started to try to um, drive forward, reaching out to the local area, developing leadership team and meeting with them um do you wanna, just to, just to pause on that you had a core team from yes. the start. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so we had a core team from the start but kind of understanding the role of that core team was something that developed you know initially we just met to kind of talk and pray um without much more of an agenda which is not a bad place to start of course if you're praying um but over time, kind of our understanding of what we wanted the core team to be involved in and the decisions that we wanted to be making, the kind of level of communication and accountability that we wanted with the core team, uh, you know, our understanding of that that grew and the, the meetings became uh, quite a bit more structured than mm. they um, and, and purposeful um, in terms of knowing what we were talking about mm. and praying for. Mm. It's quite, um, I know you said we'll come come to that later i think it, i find it quite hard to separate almost like what the role is or should be versus kind of or what works well versus what it was in lots of ways do you know what i mean what, what was in lots of ways for us and probably what, what it started out with with compared to what it kind of again like whether it's to do with how we took it or do you know what i mean like our own kind of boundaries or whatever like it's it's hard to kind of I think the the main thing I think that we got was that we were like overseers, the overseeing kind of couple, along you know, along with the leadership team, but like overseers of, of the different the, ministries yeah. within the church. Yeah. 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 Um, we were <laughs> you and you and we were still trying to pin that down. Yeah. <laughs> just last year. When we sat, yeah, and that and that just kind of goes to show how like how difficult it is to, to pin down quite what that role is and what that looks like in in reality do you know what I mean kind of because I think that we did lots of things that actually weren't within our role so they were in our role in terms of the fact that we did them but they kind of like yeah as we've, we've said before like they were things perhaps that we would have benefited from not doing and it would have been better for the church if we'd not done them or and done something else instead so mm. um, yeah, but we'll come. We'll come to that later. But. Yeah, what we were saying at this stage as well, because because it, it's easy for us to assume that everyone knows this. Um, at the time when we started um, leading the new church plant as as um, as overseers, as as the congregation leaders um, under John, um, you were still at uni, weren't you, doing your masters? Uh, I'm a full time primary school teacher and and have been the whole way through this process um, after a year of leading as we say we, we um, adopted our older two um, who came to us um, in one go as, uh, as brother and sister and then uh, yeah you you've been since that point yeah. a stay-at-home mum yeah. uh, with them and I've continued to be a, a full-time teacher um, so that, that's just to give a little bit of a, an indication of, of what we were doing alongside this role of, yeah. of lay leadership and why we're calling it lay leadership I suppose. Yeah sure and I mean there's tons I just want to pick up on there but let's just briefly just talk about the relationship between you as lay leaders and then the ordained 
person. Mm. So in, in the first case, that was John, John Brett. Uh, and then I came in a couple of years ago. Mm. And, uh, you know, so the model is we're working in, in, in the Church of England here. I'm a, me and John were both uh, ordained Anglican vicars um, who kind of have been given responsibility over TCC. And one of, one of those roles uh, is to work with the lay leaders uh, in each congregation. So as you guys here at TCC Rushhome and uh, Paul and Jane Roper over at TCC Fallowfield. I mean, from your perspective, just talk to us a little bit about that relationship and in your mind, what, what's going on there? Because I, I think it's important to make this point that many people feel like the Church of England's moving in this sort of direction. We, we may come on to reasons why uh, and in that case, perhaps we're, you know, we've had the opportunity here to explore a model uh, that, that the Church of England is going to take on in perhaps a big way in coming years. So just talk to us a little bit about that, that relationship between those two roles. Mm. Um, under, we, we, we kind of, the relationship developed and changed between John and yourself. Um, really with John, we would meet with John pretty regularly, um, just the two of us. Um, we'd talk about the things that the core team had been speaking about, um, the you know ideas we had um, for, and, and vision we had for certain things we wanted to do with the church. John would do the same, um, you know, so if he felt a particular burden or, or you know, mm. if um, he had something he wanted to communicate to the core team, he would really do it by meeting with us, um, and then we would feed back to the, the core team. And, and so in many ways we were, um, intermediaries probably isn't the right word, but, but we would, you know, meet with John mm. and then meet with core team um, as kind of our, a, a bridge of communication between the two. Um, I think by the time we came to um, working with you, Sam, I mean, th this is perhaps if you want us to talk a bit more um, personally as well uh, than we can do but for, for us at this point we, we were becoming increasingly aware and, and actually facing um, numerous pressures as a family particularly as, as uh, parents and adoptive parents um, and, and we were beginning to see the need to um, move towards finishing uh, in our role as congregation leaders to, to pass that on and so what we moved towards with yourself was that um, you joined in with the core mm. team discussions uh, so that there was less go-between um, and more, um, you know, inviting you into the core team uh, directly and kind of being voices that, that contributed to those core team meetings, but, but much more um, just having those meetings together um, to to kind of work towards us finishing what what we were the role that we'd uh, taken up to that point mm. yeah. john i think um like john was also really good at like developing us as as leaders i think as well you know like that was one of the things like we couldn't again the difficulty is that when you're when you've only got such a everyone's got limited hours but when your hours are like super limited because you've got a full-time job or whatever um you're kind of so busy at work or doing church stuff that you don't get 
often get the more opportunities for training and that sort of thing but John was really good at kind of saying oh this 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 church planting thing going on if you can make it you know come along and and he was he would often mm-hmm. kind of like look out for opportunities or you know like with the, the training they did before the church mm-hmm. plant and that book that we read you know that that sort of thing and encouraging us to spend some of the church budget on accessing you know teaching for us and for the leadership team so there was a real kind of development mm. role um as well i think that that the person in oversight above you can provide for the for the lay team um where it's like look i, I can find you know you, as again as a lay leader you haven't got time to kind of trawl through a load of resources and find out what's what's kind of right for you um yeah and i just mm. i remember john being really good at kind of mm. putting stuff in front of us mm. and anything that we didn't take was our <laughs> it was our fault you know because we didn't get around to doing it not so I think that was very much part of his role as well again was like developing our team as mm-hmm. as leaders and us as leaders in terms yeah. of training and resources and making mm-hmm. those things kind of seeing where we might need it and making mm-hmm. that available to us so yeah yeah I think just sorry sorry, well just to pick up on a couple of things there i think that issue of training is i think a a big one and we're not going to be able to to deal with that in in this video i think it's just too big an issue but i think one of the critiques perhaps that people might have of this model would be well you know ordained people get trained for three years or other church leaders and other denominations go to seminary etc where's the training in this model and all i'd say at this point is um that's something really important to think about, isn't it? And clearly, uh, as lay leaders with full-time jobs, you're not going to be able to, to go to full-time theological college or anything like that. Um, but it's, it is thinking about, well, what can be done on the job? Yeah. And there's something so, to me, I mean, I went to a theological college that was called Mixed Mode Training. And that was you know, part-time the, uh, theology college, theological college, and part-time church work. And for me, that was a really healthy uh, model because it meant that I was studying and training and learning and reading, and that was really important and being taught. But it was being worked out in the context of, of church. And, you know, I, I think there's something of, of, of that to explore in this model. How do we train people on the job? Which, of course, is what Jesus himself yeah. did. And yeah. um, so that's good. I think that's where, like, the... the the ordained oversight is so important and i think you can't you can't skimp on that you know like you can't kind of scale back on that like i know that there there was so many times wasn't there actually where there was stuff that was it was above our pay grade do you know what i mean and and actually in some cases it was rightly you know rightly so you know there was some things where it was like actually we this 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 situation this conversation actually kind of we really need like and particularly like when we first started, we'd be calling John like every well, that's what, all the that's time. That's what I was like, going to say. That's, that's what I was going to say. I don't know if John will. John. I don't know if John will get to see this, but again, when you ask about the um, the relationship between us and the ordained leader, I would say, um, particularly to begin with, um, John as the ordained leader um, acted as something of a uh, a leadership parent as it were i mean you picture an infant 
um, who needs a parent to copy, to watch, to look out for them, you know, and then they grow in independence. Um, I think, I think for, for us, for myself, particularly, um, in those early days, you know, we were called congregation leaders. Uh, again, I was speaking from my own experience here, but I really didn't feel like it. Um, didn't feel qualified uh, to it, apart from, of course, the the, the qualification that, that the Lord bestows on us, which is what's most important. Um, but I, you know, I, I needed um, support, and and so, you know, many of the things that were not so simple, many of the trickier pastoral issues. Uh, that came our way you know we would just run it by John first um, and actually although although we became more confident um, although I you know grew to grew to not need that quite as often um, that was always there and I think even you know at the point where you came along um, we very much wanted to continue that that yeah. where we felt there were um, where we felt there were pastoral issues yeah. or um, you know, even 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 just thing, things that would have a big bearing on the church as a whole. Uh, we knew that we needed, uh, you know, a close accountability um, and, and a good degree of support as well from from the person who had been ordained mm. by the Church of England um, to lead the church. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think there's something really important about that, even just on a really practical. Uh, sorry if I'm jumping ahead here, mm. but like on a really practical level when you're working with people who've got full-time jobs and you know potentially young kids you know um or busy you know family lives i think it's it's so crucial i think that, that those people feel like they do have somewhere do you know what i mean that they can go that, that, that they can say look actually i can't for whatever reason you know works ramped up this week or you know for the next three weeks or whatever i'm just gonna have to drop this this thing because sometimes you you do you know like that's the that's the job that pays you you know and it's the job that keeps the roof over your head and, and you can't like as again as much as people go into service of the church because they love the church it doesn't mean that you have like infinite time or infinite mm -hmm. resources so i think it's so again like that kind of that really like rock solid kind of support and oversight of, of somebody where, where you can go to and say, I feel like I've dropped the ball or I need to drop the ball or, you know, like, I don't know what to do here. Can yeah. you, can, you know, and, and knowing it leaves you free, I think, to, to operate as a lay leader, knowing that there is somebody else, you know, who, where the buck stops, if that makes sense. Um, yes yeah, and that's really important in freeing and empowering lay leaders i think mm, fantastic that's that's so helpful and so this this kind of partnership is is really important and it really is that partnership of mm. working together supporting one another um and i i, I want to talk a little bit about clar clarity in in the roles and knowing what our our role is I think it's also important just to say this way. You talk about things being above your pay grade. You guys weren't weren't paid for this. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was uh, voluntary. Um, that's just worth saying. Um, but I think one of the things that we, I mean, we talked a lot about this, but certainly in the first year that we were working with each other, um, just the, the the reality that we are we do have finite resources and we are limited creatures, and that being a, a wonderful thing actually, and and a potentially liberating thing once we understand that 
Um, but that thus needing to be intentional about how we use our time mm. and our energy and our resources. Um, ju just from the ordained position, I mean, I I'll just speak for a moment because in it, like I, I referred to the what's called the ordinal earlier when I was reading in the introduction, and there we're kind of given a remit as, as to what we do as ordained clergy. Actually, when you read it, it's pretty comprehensive and there is a danger that it does become like, you are supposed to do everything in the church and um, there's a real danger of that and um, although uh you know we all uh you know we are we are called as ordained um people to, to to preach and to teach and to pastor and to be involved in the, the privilege is being involved in many aspects of the life of the church you know we can't do it all and i think one of the healthy things of this model is saying like we were talking about before it's not all on on the ordained mm. uh, person mm. it shouldn't be and um, and i guess from my perspective like you know as an ordained anglican vicar the preaching of the word and the administration of the sacraments is is a is a, is a key aspect of my role and um, kind of pastoring people we'll come back to that in just a moment but i think that Point you were making about developing leaders and training and investing in i'd say that's just one of the absolute key things that really any leader should do whether they're running one church or or, or ten churches investing in leaders and training leaders is just so key and it's something obviously again jesus spends a lot of time doing mm -hmm. When it comes to that pastoring thing, I think, you know, one of the things that just hit me really soon uh, into coming to TCC was that I was not going to be able to uh, pastor every single person in TCC. In fact, mm. it was a struggle at first to get to know everyone's names, you know, across the two TCCs, plus Platt as well, and, and others in the community. Um, and it wasn't my job to pastor in that very intentional one-on-one -on -one way everyone that we had a model whereby i was investing in uh, you know my role was to try and invest in in some leaders who then invested in in others and, and the wider church so that's kind of something of the ordained role that developing leaders training and that particularly as an anglican preaching the word and teaching the word in, in various ways and, and administering the sacraments Kind of speak speak to us a little bit about the lay leadership role then and perhaps you want to say at first something of you know you've touched on this but kind of what you were doing but also kind of looking back from this point if you were to do it again how might you shape that role okay should we, should we begin with um kind of what it involved um so you know among other things we had um we had oversight of the uh, the Sunday services, um, so kind of coordinating the service leading team and um, trying to ensure that we had someone to oversee the worship uh, team and then supporting them. Um, preaching um, was was obviously a key part, um, and and developing the preaching rotor. And the reality was. Um, and, and so much of this, I have to say, will, will have been born out of the fact that at the time when we took over, we were the, I think, only childless couple in the church, I think. Um, but 
what it kind of also entailed then was like being the caretakers of the building, have, sorting out any teething problems, um, locking up, packing away, unloading, trying to get teams to help with that. Um, then kind of trying to develop midweek groups and, and work with the leaders to do that and be on hand to, to discuss any, any problems there. Um, a number of pastoral things started to, to come our way as well. So people would, rather than going directly to John, people would often then come to us with um, certain things that they, they felt they needed support with. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that, that the job would have involved. As I say, kind of in those early days, it, it, it kind of, it was a very reactive job mm. to begin with. We, it felt say, like we were constantly reacting to whatever need kind of presented itself to us directly in the face. Can I just say as well, like I think it's probably worth saying that actually that's, it's probably worth separating how we led from mm. like what the role actually is. That's mm. what I was trying to say earlier about mm. like, I think it's really important to clarify, it's probably better to mm. say that we were very reactive. Do you know mm. what I mean? To whatever was in front of us, because actually, you don't necessarily need to lead like that and that doesn't necessarily need to be the role of the lay leader that's how mm. we did it and looking back at it i think we would do it very differently does that make sense but certainly at, you know for the first two or three years i think we we just dealt with kind of whatever was in front of us all the time we weren't mm. we weren't good at like envisioning and kind of do, do you know what I mean? Mm. Kind of like the, you know, where are we going as a church and setting vision and envisioning. I think mm. that's fair to say. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like, because we were like always dealing with what was in front. Do you know what I mean? It was always. We're kind both of very like, task oriented people, aren't we? Yeah, and mm. if you and sometimes if you feel out of your depth, it's easy just to grab on to like, oh, I'll do this practical thing. I'll do this practical thing, and you know. Yeah um so that i think <laughs> my grace just... we've got tcc still here and we're still here yeah, um, yeah. so well i mean and, and just to chip in on that like i know of um of one uh anglican vicar i think down south who has quite a large church and and thus like a large team as well and he actually like takes one day off well one day a week to do vision to okay. work on vision yeah. and it's like not everyone can do that like I think the reason he can do that is he's got this this staff team that can kind of cover him. I think one of the challenges, like in in I think both of our positions is, and at the stage of life I think we're both at as well. We've got kind of young kids, you you know, uh, there's busy jobs and whatnot, and and you know, like you've uh, alluded to, there's you know, challenging pastoral situations and uh, you know, lo lots of things to do. It's kind of hard, isn't it, sometimes to sort of stop, press the pause button and, yeah. and zoom out and look at the big pitch and say, where are we heading? But are you wanting to say, actually, you'd, you'd want to spend a bit more time doing that uh, if you went, if you kind of did the role again? And if so, like, how, how would you do that? Yeah, and I think one of the problems that we found was, like, up, up, at a certain point, we became so kind of entrenched in the, like, the particularly the sunday services like with worship team or preaching or kids work or whatever and we were like we we know that we really need to like not do those things in order to be able to do the vision and you know kind of like the other stuff that we should be doing but it was almost like cyclical wasn't it it's like if we stop doing that though we don't know how to kind of who else to bring in on it do you know what i mean so like it was almost like you didn't know how to get out of that 
cycle of mm. doing in order to perhaps lead as you should does that make sense as if you didn't do it like who's going to do it this Sunday? yeah 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 and it needs to happen and so you, you just kind of yeah. continue in the same i will yeah the i think i think for a long time we we tried to sustain the type of church that it had been when it had been one church mm. with in many ways a bigger leadership team like like we we not only you know moved the congregations onto two sites but you halved each leadership team mm. and what we were trying to do is we're trying to continue you know a kids program a youth program um you know the the preaching rotors the, the the service leading the worship the refreshments the unlocking you know everything the pa all of it um when we had half the team to do it now again i think this is quite a personal experience here but what ended up uh, happening was that we were on every rotor in some way shape or form so so we were preaching we were service leading not every, yeah, not we every, were leading worship yeah doing the kids work uh locking and unlocking you know and, and so not doing everything every week of course but it again you can kind of get the picture of um there wasn't a whole lot of time to stop and think i think john <laughs> john brett used to describe it as like head down keep pushing the plow keep pushing the plow keep pushing the plow that's that's how he used to um i think in terms of going back and doing things differently um we were um quite limited in terms of needing to move quickly um again that was probably quite a specific thing for tcc um you know we we started leading the mission team and then three months later it's like we're going to be kicked out of our building while it's renovated and we need to get cracking with this. Mm. Um, I think you actually want to spend, or personally going back, were the opportunity to present itself again, I would want more time before the church plant is launched to uh, form a team, develop the leaders and build the vision, you know, cast the vision um and 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 actually to 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 plan ahead to make it a model whereby the leaders can stop and and reflect um you know and seek god for that vision as well because you know it's almost like um you know you picture you're running a race and the the firing gun has already started like (laughs) you just have to run as fast as you can (laughs) you know no more time for for preparation (laughs) um you know because the gun fired five minutes ago um you just gotta go that's kind of and what it, it felt like i suppose and, and i think part of that as well was to do with our immaturity as leaders mm-hmm. you know like yeah. like i think you know again i think about how little relatively how little time we committed to prayer over doing things you know mm-hmm. and, and again it's like that thing of like oh well, i must be leading if i'm doing something <laughs> you know like i'm doing something so i must be leading mm-hmm. and i think now like oh, by grace like <laughs> you know kind of you see actually how much how much it is the job of a leader to like to to kind of make room for what god wants to do does that make sense and how you do that by kind of sometimes stepping back and not doing a whole lot and just pray mm. you know like just praying a whole lot and committing yeah. god's people to him and mm asking him to work and yeah does that make sense so i think completely 
there's a whole host of things there which like some of it is the situation some is how we responded to the situation you know some of it's kind of oh that's a valid part of the role mm. some of it's like wouldn't do that again yeah yeah <laughs> if you sure. got the chance you know so I remember feeling um feeling very convicted a couple of years ago i i kind of heard a quote and i i'll be misquoting it probably in part but um you know it's something like i want you to imagine that you've got you know two candidates for your for your uh, church leader you know one of them is a talented musician and singer uh, an eloquent speaker you know has this experience don't you know don't actually you get the picture the other one is none of those things but the first one doesn't pray for his church and the second one spends an hour every day on his knees for the church mm. which one do you want yeah um and i think again you know that that was a real awakening for us whereby like you know you know in your head how important it is to pray for the church mm. um but again when when you just going at 200 miles an hour it, it's very easy just to keep going mm. and 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 god needed to shake a few things up for us to to get us to realize that mm. um, and to see that you know much of what we said was important we we weren't living as mm. leaders i will say as well let me let me throw in something very quickly as an aside but it's an important one um if you want to ask what what lay leadership has done for us um I think it, it, it's accelerated. I, I hope, you know, I, I say this not in arrogance, I hope, but in, in just joy in the Lord. I think it's, it's an accelerator of Christian sanctification and maturity for sure. And, um, you know, I think about the years and years that, that we said as a married couple, like, well, we should pray together more. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, we should rely on God more. Like, church leadership kind of forces that. Mm. Um, and and so many parts of the Bible yeah, came alive to us. Um, you know, Paul's letters just came alive to us in in fresh ways, and uh, God God used it wonderfully. And I and I, I rejoice. You know, coming out the other side of it now, I rejoice in in the ways in which He grew us. Sometimes joyfully, sometimes painfully, but but always uh, with with uh, you know very lovingly and uh, mm. yeah for His glory. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing that lay leadership does yeah for sure that's that's awesome that's and i guess that some of that's coming back to what charlie was saying right at the beginning about sacrifice like you know the 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 um the, the relationship between sanctification and, and sacrifice is so close and leadership done properly is 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 a humble affair and it's it's one of serving the people of God not being served by in that kind of selfish sense of course any relationships two-way uh, absolutely but you know you don't go into you shouldn't go into church leadership to be to be uh, served or or um, or, uh, or or whatever and so there's something that, and that's the privilege of, of leadership in that sense and so totally resonate with what you were saying then I also just want to pick up on the prayer um, the point about prayer because I think again it's that the, the liberation of dependency and knowing that we're not the saviors that it's actually jesus is the one who's called to build this church like we aren't called to build the church that's jesus job and um, but he has called us into to partnership with him 
uh, in that and and prayer is the primary primary thing and like like you were saying uh there charlie it's sometimes tempting as a leader to be like oh like i need to be have activity yeah. and 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 prayer is not an activity you know and, and sometimes you know i remember when i was working in london in in church leadership and you know people used to ask me oh, oh like what have you done today and like i might have been i might have like spent the day in prayer and actually be embarrassed about about that like yeah. wrongly as if like oh i can't tell them i've just been praying today it's like i need to tell them i've like done something you know and it's like no but prayer is is the yeah. primary activity yeah. of a leader and i was just reading um i read a while back a, a, a book the power power through prayer by ian bounds and he says um prayer is not petty duty put into a corner no piecemeal performance made out of fragments of time which have been snatched from biz business and other engagements of life but it means that the best of our time the heart of our time and strength must be given to it and i think that's just such an important thing to remember as leaders in this culture of busyness that prayer and the centrality of prayer uh, in leadership and and really giving time to that and not being embarrassed or ashamed about that yeah. or or thinking that we're sort of stepping off the front line in order to pray it's yeah. like someone's a prayer is the front line like <laughs> you know so just really want to um emphasize yeah, it, yeah i think it's in that book um praying together who i think by megan hill i think it's okay. um she says you know, prayer doesn't precede the work of the kingdom of god like prayer is the work of the kingdom of god like yeah. and i think it it just it again i feel like i've i've learned this so so late you know but like that that prayer has to underpin everything you do as a leader otherwise you're just kind of performing god's work do you know what i mean but actually until you invite when you sit down you have those difficult conversations with people like like what's the point in it unless you're actually inviting the spirit of god in to change their heart and to change your heart do you know what i mean like and when somebody hurts you or wrongs you like like you will change one way or another and you'll either change and become bitter and resentful and hard or you'll change because you ask god to help you forgive you know like and help it to get your perspective on the way that you've sinned against him yeah. you know like it, it really does again like and that's something you know i feel like how do how did we not <laughs> how do we yeah. not get that for so long you know oh still getting it but um yeah yeah that's, like, that's so good and i love that as well and because i think prayer is about well about many things but one of the things it's about is about perspective like you know we pray our father yeah. and, and you know if we do want to be vision setters like actually that starts with getting our eyes fixed on 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 our father in heaven yeah and, and seeing everything from his perspective and seeing and see, seeing ourselves from his perspective seeing our church family from his perspective yeah. seeing the world from his perspective um, and yeah. we, move, we move from that yeah and actually that you like you don't you don't lead for the church's sake or like you don't lead for the church's approval you you mm. know like you do it um there's a there's a fantastic book on um peacekeeping or peacemaking and conflict resolution and he talks about basically how how easy it is to get dissatisfied with living the christian life when we think that it will result in kind of like good outcomes for us and then we get kind of dejected and frustrated when 
the person that we're kind of like witnessing to doesn't become a Christian or somebody hurts us or whatever. Mm. And, he, and he talks about actually how we can only kind of truly live sacrificially and truly be satisfied in that when, when God is both not, not just the director of the things that we do and the way we live our lives, but he's also our audience, you know, and I think, mm. and again, mm. you, you can't be in leadership and, and think that like God's your director, but the church is your audience. It's mm. like, well, you know, again, like you, you obey God as he's your director and you obey him in the direction of the church, but he's also mm. your audience at the mm. end of the day. You know, does that make sense? Like, oh, completely. And, and like, what a privilege that is. Like, yeah. Mm. One, I, I was reading, and again, just on that, that, that point of, of, of prayer. Um, and I think what you said something earlier about that prayer is the, is the kingdom or something like that, or is the kingdom work. Um, I was reading some of this, a guy was talking about like the image of God and, and, you know, it's defined in all sorts of ways throughout, throughout church history. But one of the things he was wanting to say is that uh, to be in the image of God is to be like a praying, a praying creature. It's like all other animals like have been created, but we've been invited into this conversation. Um, And I love that. And, and, Another image which has kind of really struck, stuck with me over the years is that of, of the tabernacle. And we kind of did Hebrews uh, TCC a, a couple of years ago or last year. Um, and it's the, fir- the piece of the furniture in the tabernacle. And uh, I won't go in, all, into it all now, but, um, you know, there's a way of looking at it where each piece of the furniture represents a member of the Trinity. You know, the Father is the Ark of the Covenant. Jesus is the is the table with with the bread of the presence, and the spirit is the is the lampstand. And in the middle is is this altar of incense. And some people have have wondered whether that kind of represents the church. And and there's something awesome about that. You know, when the when the when the veil gets torn, there's the the, the Trinity with the church at the centre. But it's it's important that it's incense. And in Revelation, we find out that incense is the yeah, prayer. The of the yeah. So yeah. it's like, what's at the heart of the living God? It's it's the church in prayer yeah and there's just something so powerful about that it's like and i was thinking about this with my wife suan today you know i i felt over the last two years often that the the temptation to kind of you know want to uh be more entertaining or to put on more activities or to do something different um but there's that that quote i started with right at the beginning i'll just pull it up again where um megan hill talks about uh uh, we're ordinary, the church is like made up of ordinary people engaged in predictable practices and I love that you know the early church they're just devoted to a handful of things and one yeah. of them being prayer uh, as well as breaking the bread fellowship and the apostles teaching mm-hmm. it's predictable practices like every week we come together to do these things but I think the point I just want to make there is like the, the reason the church was devoted to those things is because the apostles were devoted to those things. Mm-hmm. The leaders were, and, and Christ himself was. And I think, you know, the, the cultures that we, we want to set, like we've got we've to be mm-hmm. doing those things. And I think prayer clearly being one of those, those central things. So if we want our churches to be devoted to prayer, like we, we've got to be leaders who, who make a real mm-hmm. priority of it absolutely i might just jump in with a quick aside as well sam um, just to say one of the one of the things that that began to help and one of the things that i think i, I say this with a right smile on my face but one of the things that lay leadership is is brilliant for is like you have to prioritize 
mm. what you're doing as a church and you have to prioritize in terms of what you're doing as a leader mm. and as i say in many ways we we got we got that wrong at points and and it was like okay what what is there to do that is the next thing in front of me mm. in prayer and but thinking about sundays um my my one of my brothers who's not a christian came along to tcc one day and you know he'd kind of grown up in big church and and left big church uh left left the faith altogether really and um he came along to tcc and you know i kind of was cringing slightly at what he was going to think of it and afterwards he was just full of praise and admiration and he said gave it a really backhanded compliment he said there's no room for anyone's ego in there is there um, <laughs> <laughs> and then he said no one's come along for the ride you know what you're there to do um and actually i was i was so encouraged by that statement um i think it's it's very easy to fill church with things that you think people want you know entertainment um you know to 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 socialize to um you know to, to feel good and uh, of course we, we we want relationships to be really deep mm. and and we don't want the service to be drudgery mm. we want there to be great joy in it um but you you learn that there's a lot of chaff <laughs> that mm. you can sweep away um and uh, and i think you know we lay leadership really um can be mm. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to go as far as to say it is, but lay leadership can be a wonderful opportunity to do that purely because there isn't the time to yeah. mess about. Yeah. You know, there isn't the time to mess about and think about what entertaining things we can do. You know, what X, Y, Z things can we do for, yeah. for you know, just to just for the sake of it. You have to be so intentional, um, and I think actually that can be a real blessing. And actually, you know, we've. Um, we've really reflected on that recently haven't we as, as something that we've really loved about TCC is that you turn up and you, you know what you're there to do mm. and you know who you're there for and, and, and we pray that that may be something actually that grows rather than diminishes mm. in the church in TCC and and the wider church of course. that's that's glorious well, I think we've been talking for over an hour, which is, yeah, just, wow. which is awesome. And we probably could go for another. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, look, just kind of to, to start to land things. Um, maybe just if someone's listening to this uh, and uh, is, is considering the late, late, late leadership position, just maybe for a minute, just get specific. And I, we've kind of been talking around this, but like, get specific about what would you be saying to them have, have got to be the, the priorities uh, if they're in a similar position to you, you know, with uh, with jobs and minimal time, um, prayer, prayer, yeah, yeah, you've got to say that after what we've been yeah. talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I would say the your leadership has to come out of the overflow mm. of your relationship with mm. God. Mm. Um, now let, let me let me clarify that because i think i think something that i i would also want to say is like we we kind of have this modern notion of the individual quiet time you know it's a very it's very western conception isn't it mm. you know we have this idea that um you know your devotional time with god is only you and him and everything else follows and i don't mean that and um, of course i'm not saying don't spend any individual time with god not at all 
Um, what I'm saying is that your joy in Jesus has to be absolute foundation. Mm, the engine. The engine, yeah, that that powers the motor of your leadership. Mm. Um, so invest, invest, invest. Yeah. In that. And it and that that's like I think I would say on top of that as well. It's it's easy to kind of like hear that and go, oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I've got that. I've got that. That's okay. <laughs> you know, but actually, again, like I know I would probably add to that and say, well, and what are the safeguards you have in your life mm -hmm. to make sure that yeah. your relationship with God doesn't become performative in the sense of like, well, I go to God for what I need to to lead the church. Does that make sense? Like who 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 is in your life and what is in your life what practices and what people are going to make sure that you are that are going to help you safeguard your love for jesus and your joy in him that frees you to 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 lead does that make sense and mm -hmm. and it's not just you going oh yeah no definitely you know because i think there's been times when we would have said oh no we're definitely doing it out of love for god but it doesn't mean that actually we were kind of safeguarding mm -hmm. like that relationship and so yeah um yeah i totally agree with you and and what what's in place in your life that that will make that happen and help that to happen mm. Mm, nice love i yeah love that and it kind of reminds me of like i was just looking it up again like 1 corinthians 11 11 1 you know, uh paul said about like follow me as i follow christ yeah we don't want people to follow us if we're not following jesus yeah, yeah. and you know and i think and, and i love that this is what you what you're saying there's just such a again a liberating simplicity of of as as people were were made for jesus every yeah. one of us were made to find everything in him and oh god i'm reading augustine at the moment the uh, the one of the early church fathers and his his famous line our hearts are restless until they find their rest in him in you in in jesus and i do think one of the ma massive dangers of church leadership we've talked about this before the massive dangers of church leadership is just getting caught, getting caught up in busyness mm. and and you know hurriedness and emails <laughs> um, just things that are not like you know there's things that are you know sometimes emails are important but they're not the main thing and yeah. i love and i think like as we as we spend time with jesus like kind of the priorities and the vision and direction for church and all that sort of stuff flows out of that doesn't it yeah and then, so it's not to say that we we we, we neglect um the, the responsibilities that we have but they've got to flow out of yeah. christ and drawing from him every day in order to to give out for him every mm -hmm. day and I, I think just one one final thing though is uh, you know in leadership life can get consumed with church and that can be bad if you're getting consumed with the wrong things like emails again etc to use that as an example but i think in in, in another sense and it kind of right back to where we we began really that's the privilege i think of leadership that your life does get consumed with church it's like that is what life is about like we're yeah. safe for church and church is, is, is it is that outpost of heaven um that uh, megan uh, hill was talking about earlier but it's also like a glimpse of the new creation like we're, we're kind of modeling what new creation life is right now we're getting to enjoy that and of course we want to invite 
loads more people into into it. But what a what a privilege to like just have that. Time. And and I know that's kind of different in the lay leadership positions, the ordained. Like literally, my life can be kind of just twenty four seven church stuff. Um, but what a privilege uh, to serve yeah. the church. What a privilege. Um, thank you. I, I, unless there's any kind of final things you just want to get in there quick. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know there, there's, there is a lot more to talk about. I've got questions written down here, but I am aware we've gone for a long time. Yeah, just, I just I think like we're always happy to, if anybody has got any questions, do you know what I mean? Like we, we'd mm. be really happy if, if anybody did want to kind of talk about it anymore or yeah mm. we're really very happy to for sure yeah mm. um, absolutely that's that's great and i think again it's just worth making that that point just for everyone who's listening particularly for part of the anglican church that you know many people think this is this, this model is kind of where the church of england is heading and there are all sorts of reasons for that and and you know church planting is in vogue in many ways um but it's it's you know absolutely necessary and i think commanded by by jesus like the great commission the the apostles responded to the great commission by planting churches and i think we've shown at platt and tcc that you can like literally plant a church or have a church on your your doorstep like tcc rusham is is over the road from platt and yet we're reaching a whole whole different crowd of of people so you can never have too many churches yeah issues that we've got is have we got enough leaders Mm. and i think this is where this whole conversation about the the relationship between ordained leaders which i'm gonna i'm gonna advocate for because i think that they're important Um, but also lay leaders and how are we uh, each one of us like raising up and Mm. developing leaders and to be mature disciples of christ who who call others into that maturity uh, and intimacy with christ so let's end there uh thanks so much will and charlie pleasure brilliant brilliant stuff and thanks everyone for listening